Welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Let's talk about this Super Saturday we had on round 23. Um, big, big game for the Broncos up against the North Queensland Cowboys in a game where we thought the Cowboys could get the job done. We really did. I think that the Cowboys, um, for me, I know in the betting slip, they weren't really the favourites, but for me, they were because obviously they have the record over the Broncos at their home ground. Uh, Broncos were only 33% at the venue going into this game as well. So a big stat, particularly without Renault as well. Um, you know, that Cowboys were, for me, heavy favourites in my mind going up against the Broncos in this one, particularly, you know, I guess sidetracking the form of the Broncos over the past few weeks. I thought the Cowboys, it was an opportunity for them to make a statement up against the Broncos, particularly when they're a team that could easily slip out of the top eight over the next few weeks. It would have been a massive statement for them to come out and beat the Broncos in a big way, but they didn't. Uh, Obviously, they lost to the Broncos, but let's not discredit the Broncos. Tony Staggs, Herbie Farnworth, again, having massive masterful performances. Probably one of the better center combinations in the competition at the moment. Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth. Herbie Farnworth in particular, he was outstanding. Nearly 10 tackle busts. Um, you know, he was doing great things with the football. Three line break assists I think he had as well. Uh, he had a really, really decent stat sheet. Nearly 200 meters he ran. Uh, so did Katoni Staggs. I think he ran for about 150 meters as well. Um, both of the centers for the Broncos, absolutely outstanding. Paddy Carrigan had a, had a day out pretty much as well. 154 run meters, three tackle breaks, 40 tackles uh, in his first game since round 16. Uh, Kyle Felt, 206 meters, and he scored a double as well. He knows how to find the try line, Kyle Felt. Uh, it was just unlucky that the Cowboys as a whole couldn't really find the try line during this game. And uh, the Broncos' defense as well, I mean, and their attack, you know, talking about guys like Payne Haas, who was absolutely phenomenal. I think 250 meters he ran. Uh, and it was just absolutely tremendous in this game, Payne Haas. Um, I mean, Ezra Mam has scored seven tries now in his past nine games. He was outstanding in this one. That big shot that he put on, I think it was Jermaine Tamar Brown. It might have been someone else, but um, even Palisea, that shot he put on Luciano or Jake Granville, I think it was actually. Um, you know, there were some big moments in this game, some massive moments in this game. And um, yeah, the Broncos lived up to obviously what was a lot of stats going against them in this game. Um, the Broncos have scored 174 points in their past five games, which is a massive stat as well. There's been some big score lines for the Broncos over the past few weeks. Um, you know, some positives for the Cowboys. Murray Talagi and Peter Hiku, uh, they ran for 335 metres between them. Uh, as I said, Payne Haas led the way. It wasn't 250 metres like I hyped it up to be, but he ran for 207 metres and he had 41 tackles in this game. Super, super awesome performance from Payne Haas. But look, as I said, the Broncos, they were super dominant in this game. Um, You know, as I said, they really um, turned the narrative on the head of they are terrible at this in this home ground for the Cowboys. Um, You know, the Cowboys have the record at this ground uh, against the Broncos. Uh, The Cowboys needed to get that win for a statement against the Broncos. It was looking to be an upset, and they came out, the Broncos, and they literally turned that narrative on its head, and they had a big win with Jog Madden uh, doing a fine job deputising for Adam Reynolds. Uh, And as I said, uh, uh, Ezra Mann, 
Lamb was electric as well. I mean, it's one of the better games I've seen from him without Adam Reynolds. You know, particularly when, you know, we see Ezra Man without Adam Reynolds, he tends to struggle a little bit. He turned that narrative on his head on its head as well and um, had a really strong performance, Ezra Man. But Paddy Carrigan, Payne Haas leading the way through the middle. Yeah, Katoni Staggs and obviously Herbie Farnworth leading the way on the edges. Uh, it was a really dominant uh, Brisbane Broncos performance, a really dominant one, and uh, they definitely deserved that win. I mean, as for the Cowboys, they were struggling to get into it a little bit. They really were, uh, and a lot of takeaways for them going into the next few weeks, particularly if they want to get a top eight spot come finals time. I think they really could be one of the teams that drops out if they you know, don't start winning more games by big margins. And if they don't start winning against top eight teams as well, they could be one of the teams to slip out. The next game was the Dolphins v the Newcastle Knights. And what a game this was. A bit closer than obviously the previous one. And Ponga, fuck, he fired up uh, in this game against the Dolphins. Dolphins very competitive as well. I mean, leading the way was Jermaine Asako. Three tries. He was outstanding. Um, you know, has a really solid stat sheet behind him, Jermaine Asako as well. He was pretty much carrying for a little section there, and he's on the wing. So that says something about his attitude going into this game. Uh, but Ponga was outstanding. I thought Carlin Ponga, he has improved tremendously over the past few weeks, particularly since moving back to fullback. He's been probably one of the form fullbacks in the competition at the moment. I would, I think it's fair to say that he is the form fullback in the competition at the moment, Carlin Ponga. He really is. Um, and I think Hastings is doing a great job as well. Uh, Tyson Gamble, that spine is really starting to come together. Yes, it was a tight win against the Dolphins, but the Dolphins, you can't discredit the performance they put on against the Newcastle Knights. A very close game, uh, but the Knights were you know, dominant for most of the part as well, only having 47% of the ball, uh, 11 errors as well uh, to the Dolphins' seven, but they kept turning up, and the Knights were really dominant performance considering it was a um, quite a close scoreline. Callum Ponga finished the game with a try, two try assists, two line break assists, and nine tackle busts. I think he ran over 150 metres as well. He was outstanding, Callum Ponga. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon was sent to the sin min, obviously, and placed on report in the 23rd minute for a hip drop tackle, and that was pretty much the traditional hip drop tackle. I mean, I couldn't argue too much with that one. You know, there has been some questionable hip drop tackles over the past few weeks, um, but, you know, that one was pretty much the traditional hip drop tackle that we're, you know, accustomed to seeing people getting sent off for. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fair enough there from Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Uh, Tyson Frizzell was also cited during the game for a high tackle in the opening minutes of the second half. Uh, Wallace was placed on report for a dangerous tackle in the 53rd minute. Uh, Jacob Saifidi fa- failed to finish the game due, due to a hamstring injury, which is very concerning for the Knights going into the next few weeks. Um, you know, Jacob Saifidi, one of the forwards to lead the way from them for them through the middle. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a tough loss if he's out for the next few weeks. For them... Um, obviously Adam Elliott as well and Kenny Bromwich, they both left the field with head injuries. So there was a few injuries during this game, uh, but the Knights and the Dolphins, they really stood up and had big games. Colony Lemuelu, fuck, hasn't he come in a big way, uh, a long way, I should say, over the past few weeks as well. You know, coming into the competition as a winger, then going to center, then beefing him up a bit at the Dolphins and playing him in the back row and, and having success there. Wayne Bennett, I mean, that is a masterstroke from him. Uh, and, 
yeah, Colin Lemuelu playing some really good footy in the back row. And he's a bit of a cheeky stat from this game as well with his hat-trick in Perth. Dolphins winger Jermaine Asako has now scored 11 tries in his past 10 games. Big stat there. And definitely one of the form wingers in the competition at the moment. Jermaine Asako loves finding the try line. Uh, but he was outstanding. I thought Callum Ponga and Jermaine Asako were the main standouts in this game for me from either side. Uh, it was a really, really awesome game to watch and uh, I enjoyed it. And I mean, you know, there was a few shifts around as well. Obviously, Hamas started the game at fullback with Cody Nikarima at centre and then they both swapped during the game as well. I think after Jermaine Asako's first try, they swapped. Uh, but I thought that Cody Nikarima was fucking outstanding, dangerous as well in that centre role and at fullback. I thought that at fullback, he's actually starting to play some really good footy there. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, solidifies that spot over the next few weeks as well. I think that he's playing some really good footy there. He really is. Um, I've been really impressed with Cody Nikarima over the past few weeks. Uh, and the hammer at centre, I thought, was quite dangerous as well. I think that that's his spot in this side now. I think Cody Nikarima is the fullback. I think that's the way to go for them because uh, they started to play some really, really outstanding football with Cody Nikarima at fullback. Uh, really, really enjoyable stuff as well. And I think that Isaiah, Isaiah Katoa actually started the game at 5-8 with Milford going to the bench as well. Um, I think that was better for the Dolphins as well. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, solid game from the Dolphins and proving that they're a side that never really goes away either. Um, yeah, it was a really solid game from the Dolphins and from Newcastle, Ponga, uh, Jermaine Asako, uh, outstanding performances. And yeah, it was a really enjoyable game to watch. Now, Hines, Nico Hines starring in this performance uh, to end the Sharks losing streak against the Rabbitohs. Now, I mean, <laughs> the Rabbitohs, it was really, really disappointing to see that that was the way the game went. For the South Sydney Rabbitohs, coming into this game as heavy favourites against the Sharks, you know, should have got the job done in a big way against the Sharkies, but to be held at 20-0 until the last 15 minutes of the game, I mean, I thought that was really disappointing from South Sydney. They're known to have these sorts of games during the season. I think some teams, in order to start a really successful run, need to have a shocker in them to have a little bit of a wake-up call. I think this was the wake-up call for South Sydney, and I hope it's the wake-up call and not the start of a terrible run for them letting into finals because they could drop out with how close the competition is. Um, But yeah, fuck. It was really disappointing to see this performance from South Sydney. Really disappointing, particularly with pretty much a full side for them. You know, like we expected South Sydney to have a really solid run up against the Sharks. But Sione Katoa on the wing, that try against Latrell, you know, Latrell was quite quiet after that try as well. And Cody Nikarima, uh, sorry, Cody Walker, you know, not the best performance I've seen from him either. He had some moments, definitely had some moments, but uh, it wasn't the best performance that I've seen from a whole from South Sydney. I think the main standouts for South were Damian Cook. I thought that Damian Cook had a pretty decent game in this one, um, especially in the fantasy department. I think he went quite well, but, um, you know, I, I thought that he was one of the standouts for South. I thought that if, you know, when, when South Sydney did have a run of the play, he was on the starter in the dummy half role. Keon Kalomatangi as well, I thought was quite good as well. But, um, you know, I mean, there were some decent signs in this game from Tyrone Munro. Fuck, he's a weapon. I mean, there was a lot of errors from him. Failure to ice the play at the end. And I mean, it's only his fourth game in rugby league as well. I wasn't expecting too much from him. But fuck, he had some moments in this game where you just go, this guy is going to be an absolute freak of nature. Like, uh, jumping up to collect the ball, uh, some of the runs that he made, his footwork, 
um, his ability to get into space. I mean, just some of the little things like icing off plays. I mean, there was a few passes from Latrell that were a bit awkward, but at the same time, passes that Tyrone Munro should have caught. And again, it's his fourth game of rugby league. Like, I'm not going to be too hypercritical on Tyrone Munro, but there was a few things that he just needed to ice off there. Other than that, I think he's going to be an absolute freak. Some really positive signs there. But as for the Sharkies, I mean, Hines at the seven. I thought Braden Trindle played his best game of the year as well. Fuck, everyone's going to be like, you know, fuck, Nico Hines, he's a freak. He's a freak in nature. It was amazing in this game, and he was. But Braden Trindle was a main instrument in this win as well. He was outstanding in the number six jersey. His kicking game iced off every single kick that he made or most of the kicks that he made. He iced off really well. Um, I thought that Brandon Trindle was outstanding in this one for the Sharkies. Really, really solid performance from him. Um, obviously, Jairo failed to finish the game with a really, really bad back injury. So bad that he had to be assisted off the field with extreme pain in his back. Um, hopefully, he's not out for a while. Hopefully, it's minor. Uh, but it did not look minor at all. It really looked uncomfortable. And, you know, I think Channel 9 summed it up well. It was awkward to watch. And you sort of felt the pain watching him. Um, Jairo. So hopefully it's uh, not too major for Jairo. Hopefully it's just some spasms. Um, but, you know, I would still be resting him over the next few weeks anyway. It did not look good at all. Obviously, Tom Burgess was sin bin. And now this is the call that gives me the shits. I really did. I mean, it was full frontal contact. Um, again, Tom Hazelton was going down. He was leaning down, going towards the ground before he made contact with Tom Burgess. And then again, it was chest to chest contact. Whiplash, I would argue somewhat, but it was chest-to-chest contact. I think Hazelton milked it a little bit. I think he really did. I don't think it was high contact or blatantly high contact. It was literally chest-to-chest contact. And the more you watch the replay, the more you realize that. Um, it wasn't forceful at all. It really wasn't. The fact that he got Sinbin for that was disgusting for me. Oh, I think that was a really, really bad call um, from the referee and... Jeez, we've had some shockers this weekend, haven't we? Um, look, I hate to talk negatively on referees. They're just doing their job and, uh, you know, fuck, <laughs> but it gets really hard when you see calls like this. It really does. Tom Burgess, that was a shocker to send him to the sin bin for that one. And, you know, you call it what you want, call it South Spice, call it whatever you like, but that was a shocker to send him to the sin bin for me. Um, Alex Johnston had only scored three tries in his previous 10 matches against the Sharks. His worst strike rate across all opponents played, but he crossed in the 63rd minute and laid on a try for Lockie Ilias as well. Um, yeah, solid stuff from Alex Johnston in those two plays. And look, he's climbing up the ladder. He's climbing up the ladder for uh, the top try scorer in the entire competition. That is insane uh, that his name is going to be up there with some of the greats and he deserves it 100%. Um, you know, starting off as a LARPA kid and um, growing into one of the top try scorers in the entire competition is outstanding. Such an outstanding achievement for Alex Johnson. It's awesome to watch that journey. Um, Cronulla and South Sydney lead the NRL with the most line breaks in 123 each after both teams finish with five line breaks apiece in Perth. Uh, the match was Cronulla's first trip to Perth since 2005, the year I was born. How good's that? Awesome stat. Uh, Sharks captain Wade Graham celebrating his 250th game for the club with a win, and he ran for 115 metres to the ball as well. A solid performance from Wade Graham as well. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, Nico Hines was outstanding. Braden Trindle was outstanding, really icing some plays off really well. And uh, without Will Kennedy, I thought it was a great win. I thought Connor Tracy did a great job. Yes, he was manhandled a little bit. And I think that 
Uh, the Sharkies were getting bashed through the middle a lot as well, but uh, they did well to hold out. They really caught South Sydney off guard on the edges. Um, South Sydney very unlucky not to win that game at the back end. And the, the, I thought the worst part for South Sydney was the last 15 minutes where they were just unable to complete. They were really just finding it hard to ice off plays. It was pretty appalling football to be honest. And yeah, as I said, uh, look, I, I put it in a post. It was probably the worst game I've seen from them all year. And you need a shocker. You need a shocker in order to have a good run, I guess. Uh, it's a good learning curve for South Sydney going into the next few weeks, going into a pretty hectic draw as well to stay into the top eight. But fuck, that was a, <laughs> a terrible game. It was a terrible game for South Sydney. Uh, and the worst part was that last 15 minutes. And it's going to take a lot of improvement going into the next few weeks to get, get better. But hopefully they do so. Sharky's big statement against South Sydney as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can stay in the top eight. But again, I still think that, you know, with some of the minor things, I mean, uh, my honest opinion is I didn't, 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 think, didn't think, sorry, that they needed to play too well to win that game. Uh, they did play okay. I mean, as I said, Nico Hines and, and Braden Trindle were great icing off plays, but I don't, I don't think they had to play the best game in the world to beat South Sydney. Um, you know, and I guess... Watching the game that they did play, I don't think I still can't really say that they can compete with the big top eight teams. You know, I need to see a few more big wins against top eight sides for me to be totally convinced that they're going to have a good run in this final series, and that's going to be off the back of Nico Hines um, and the game that he plays as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty shocking game of football for South Sydney, and I'm pretty gutted as a South Sydney fan as well. But look, hoping that South Sydney improve. Sharkies, they'll still need to improve as well in this game if they are to compete with other top eight sides, but it is a good statement win for them and it's a good starting point going into the next few weeks for the Sharks.